Welcome to Stories with Soul. I am your host, Jamie Ice, musician turned entrepreneur and co-founder of 6th Ave Homes and 6th Ave Storytelling. Over the past 10 years, I have launched multiple successful businesses and have become obsessed with all things entrepreneurship and marketing. I've been on a personal quest to unpack what it takes to make and grow a great brand. One thing that I've discovered is that stories are powerful and that storytelling has the power to set a brand apart. Join me as I dive into the stories of the heavy-hitting leaders, entrepreneurs, artists, and business owners in our community to hear their biggest wins, greatest losses, and their best business secrets. There's a story behind every great brand. Welcome to Stories with Soul. Stories with Soul is brought to you by my company, 6th Ave Storytelling. In 2020, we launched a marketing company on a mission to encourage entrepreneurship and make starting and growing a small business easier than ever before. Since then, we have helped hundreds of small businesses and entrepreneurs grow their brands by giving them the tools, resources, strategy, and support they need to craft and share their stories. If you are thinking about launching and growing your own brand, schedule a meetup with me today. I would love to talk to you. Head over to 6thAvStorytelling.com and let me show you how the storytelling approach can transform your marketing strategy. This episode is sponsored in part by Pre-Kindle, the platform designed to empower event creators to develop the best experiences possible for their communities. Did you know that Pre-Kindle was actually founded in DFW and is still headquarters in Dallas? Well, now you do. We love local businesses and Pre-Kindle is one of the best. With a best-in-class platform of features, no long-term contracts, low service fees, responsive mobile-friendly event pages, and friendly and attentive support, Pre-Kindle is my personal favorite ticketing and marketing platform for any event. Anytime I'm planning something with my band, Green River Ordinance, Pre-Kindle is our go-to platform to use. With an impressive roster of event creators, venues, and entertainment destinations across the nation, Pre-Kindle's hands down the best. In DFW alone, they've partnered with incredible spaces like the Granada Theater, Panther Island Pavilion, the Kessler, Will Rogers Coliseum, the Fort Worth Modern, Tulips, Rizzo Theater, and more. If you have been to an event or venue in DFW, I promise you have likely been using Pre-Kindle and you didn't even know it. Beyond ticketing, Pre-Kindle also helps automatically promote your event. With over 500,000 subscribers in North Texas and partnerships with event discovery sites like Bands in Town, Spotify, Google, they're set up to also help you spread the word. So go to prekindle.com, that's P-R-E-K-I-N-D-L-E.com and click Get Started to begin using the platform. They are on a mission to bring your event to life. Howdy guys, welcome. This is a very special episode. We are actually live from Aspen, Colorado at Jazz Fest. Uh, and you can see it in the background, people are setting up. It's about to happen, Leon Bridges is playing tonight. And so we're doing some remote episodes and I'm here today with Fort Worth native, a fantastic visual artist. You've seen her work all over, Sarah Ayala. Did I say it right? Yes, I perfect. Said it right. Thank you. Perfect. Fantastic. So I'm, I'm, you're, you're, you're here with a group of Fort Worth artists. Yes. And showing and displaying some, some of your work. Uh, but I'm, I'm stoked to have you. I've been a fan of what you do for a while. I've seen, I've seen everything from like, you know, the, the work at Taco Heads on, the, on the, the lettering Classic. to your big murals to just. She's a fantastic artist. So I'm excited to have, to have you here today. Thank you. So can you tell us more about just what you're doing and what this is and why you're here? So 
so lucky to be here with Sundance Square. Um, they had a booth here. They invited about five or six other artists and we're all displaying our work and kind of showing Aspen what Fort Worth has to offer in terms of art, culture, and uh, just artists. Well, I love it. I love it. And so, and so you, so you, so a group of y'all mm-hmm. came here, and 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 what's neat is so so Leon's headlining tonight, and so Sundance Square and Visit Fort Worth are like we if if Leon's headlining, we want to sort of have a Fort Worth representation yes. and show them some of the great the other great art that that, that we're doing. And so you have been how, how long have you been just full time doing? Oh, and you, you do a lot of things. You're not. Painting would be an understatement. Mm-hmm. A muralist would be an understatement. You do a lot of stuff. Yes. I feel like I've had my focus on art full time for about maybe five or six years. But in my head, it feels like I've been doing art, you know, uh, as much as I am. But still, I had other jobs for the past 10 years. So yeah. full time, five or six. But that's a big thing to like take the leap. Yes, it is. Can you talk, can you and, and I I okay, I read somewhere that you were going to school, you were at TCU mm-hmm, yes. to be a kindergarten teacher. Yes. And then something didn't work out. Yeah, so I didn't really search for schools. I was just like, "Oh, I'm in Fort Worth. My mom went to TCU. I'll go to TCU too. Check it out." Did the sorority thing and then realized, "Oh, what? What's going <laughs> on here? This isn't super fulfilling." My major was early childhood education, and I kind of realized that I wanted to just hang out with little kids and make things. Okay. And I was like, Were you oh. making things before then? So I like grew up dancing like competitively okay. on on dance teams. So I was always like creative in that way. And I grew up doodling, but I wasn't okay. really like in art classes or doing art shows. And then I realized that I did want to do art when I. I was thinking of why I wanted to teach kindergarten mm-hmm. and I was like, Oh, I can make art with them. And then I was like, wait, maybe I should just make my own art. And then I left and that was a whole ordeal dropping out of college. Were your, after. What did mom say? Mom and dad were just like, you want to drop out to paint and you don't paint like, Oh, so you weren't really painting. No, you were no. like, I'm just doodling. Yeah. Were people like your doodles are really, really good. Okay, so yeah, it was like <laughs> so there was some affirmation. Yeah, I mean, of course, I blame like my teachers. You know, every class project I had, they were like, "Wow, you." Okay, so can people draw. are telling yeah, you good. And, I knew. And were you like, was it was was it like a a subconscious? I'm like kind of just haphazardly, or were you sitting down and working on? It was haphazard. Okay. Yeah, so haphazardly, not even painting, mm-hmm. and you're like, I'm dropping out of this very expensive school. Yes. Very expensive school. Yeah. So my parents were very confused. Everyone was confused. No one. I mean, I <laughs> was also confused. confused. Yeah, exactly. Did you um, just kn- was there a moment you just knew that wasn't right? Yeah. Well, I don't know. It was a lot of moments. It was just I in high school, I was just so obsessed with my grades and with AP classes. And I didn't give myself a break before college. And so I went in that first semester was like 18 hours, which like I shouldn't have done. I just burnt myself out, yeah. you know, and I still burn myself out time to time. And I now I look back and see like, oh, I didn't know what burnout was yet, you know, and mm-hmm. I could have maybe saved myself from dropping out. But at this point, I think that that was the good it you was know. the right decision. Yeah. I mean, you 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 took this crazy leap. Yeah. And what'd you do in the interim? Like, did oh you my start? Gosh, did no. you go? Did you get? Were you ever? Were you ever formally trained? Like, did? N- no, 
No, <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, like I had art classes. I did go back to TCC for like a little bit. Mm -hmm. I tried to take an art class. I dropped out of that too, just because I couldn't, the assignments, you know, like I just didn't like assignments at that point in my life, but I've like grad books and YouTube classes. And then I had a mentor for like okay. lettering and pinstriping and everything. So that was, I feel like that's kind of formal education that you you know, unless you're in LA at a trade school, it's really hard to get. So did you start experimenting them? Then were you like waking up every day and no. drawing? Or no, or? there was, there was like, I was just really nervous because I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to do this. I hadn't done art before. So there was like a lull where I just like kind of was a bum and like didn't do much <laughs> besides like hang out with friends and party and then finally I was just like okay I've but I feel like I should have done that before I went to college anyways yeah, you know that was my system. break I needed that break because you were straight A's yeah I needed that break and, so, and so what was that transition like was there a point where like okay it's it's serious it's go time no <laughs> no it was very I I mean I was just I didn't have it together I had to like ease into it and so during that time I was working at bakeries being a okay. cake decorator because I had always baked and that was like the only thing I knew how to do okay. and I, I, I have it on my question list to ask about your cakes because you cakes, do these yes. we're gonna come the back fake to cakes. cakes yes not the real cakes a lot of people think that those are real they're fake but I was working in bakeries. You do these bakeries. like art cakes. Yes. Now I'm like molding the two jobs that I've ever had. Yeah. But I was like working in bakeries and then I like messed up my hand. I was like getting carpal tunnel from like working the pastry bags. And then, but I was like doing art on the side. And that was back when there was like no art collectives in Fort Worth. Like 2011, 2012. And there used yeah, to be an Fort art Worth collective. was not this young, up-and-coming art. No. This episode of Stories with Soul is sponsored in part by Project 202, the leader in experience-driven software strategy, design, and development. Whether you're looking to build a new software solution, redesign your mobile app, or kick off a digital transformation initiative, Project 202's customized approach creates solutions that work for your customers. Customer experience drives engagement, and cultivating that experience requires a ton of attention and time. Project 202 is local and has 18 years of design leadership. This team is an expert in using customer-centric methods to build compelling data-driven customer experiences. Wherever you're at in your business journey, the diverse team at Project 202 will guide you from idea to execution. Go to project202.com. That's P-R-O-J-E-K-T-202.com and click contact to begin winning the hearts of your customers and exceeding your business goals today. This episode of Stories with Soul is brought to you by TCU Neely Institute for Entrepreneurship and Innovation. They're ranked as one of the top entrepreneurship programs in the country, and they live by the nearly promise to unleash human potential with leadership at the core and innovation in our spirit. The Institute has recently launched the Horn Frog Investment Network, which leverages the expertise and experience of entrepreneurs, business leaders, and investment professionals. They source, evaluate, and invest in the next generation of innovators. Crazy cool. And as an entrepreneur myself, I know the importance of finding great help. It can truly make or break your business. Luckily, as Fort Worth entrepreneurs, we have access to some of the top up-and-coming minds in the nation. If you're a business looking for talented students and interns, visit the Neely School of Business website to learn more about the Entrepreneurial Intern Scholars Program. 
They're actively looking for placements for their incredible students. They're doing amazing things and it's exciting to see the next generation of entrepreneurs grow and flourish right here in our city. It was, or at least like I didn't know how to access that, you know, um, there was Art Hunger. It was a collective called Art Hunger and that was led by the manager, Mike Mofat from Azel Art Supply. And so I was like introduced just from buying art supplies. Uh, And then I started to get into those art shows through Art Hunger and just showing my art. And like now I'll look back at the art that I was showing then and I was like, oh gosh, like I had no, no vision. I was just trying to make art for the sake of making art. And then it kind of honed it in. When did you, when did you sort of find your niche? Which I know is, is still evolving. You've yeah, had a, you've had a yeah, lot of niches. Exactly. Um, I so I've always loved reading, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, and so I started to really get into like Eastern philosophy, Eastern religion, and that kind of brought me to mandalas, the circular designs, ornamental designs that I love to do. Um, it's like in sort of Eastern yeah, Indian art. Yes, it's like in uh, Tibetan Buddhism, Hinduism. It's I very mean, it's elaborate an, and ornate, all these lines. Yes, and yes. And so I started to connect like my actual interest and passion, which was like started to go into meditation and yoga. I went to yoga school. Um, and then that's when they kind of, I realized how to meet art with things that I liked. Because mm-hmm. before I was like, I didn't know what I was making, you know, and then that was kind of just started making all these men- mandalas yes. and started honing in on this very precise yes. craft, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And that eventually transitioned into lettering and pinstriping. And yes. Can you explain what that is? Like what pinstriping, pinstriping. So and pinstriping are usually just ornate designs painted on cars, motorcycles, bicycles, helmets. I mean, you can do it on anything, you know, but usually they're on cars. So I got into lettering, I feel like, because of that that line work, that precision that I fell in love with with mandalas. And so I found someone to teach me, Tanner Leeser, who is, I owe so much to him. He taught me nearly everything I know about lettering or painting. And then that has just, I took that lettering and then I'm still bringing it into different conversations that I want to have with art, like the cakes. And then people, people started hiring you for the pinstriping and yes. the lettering. And, yes. And you started like doing designs on buildings and signage and all mm-hmm. this. Yeah, I would say that like it went into sign painting and then that went into mural making. Just large, large, large. It just kept growing. And so lately you've done the, like the past few years you've done these giant projects. Yes. Can you, can you t- like what are some of your highlights that people might know or have um, seen? I would say that my favorite but like hardest mural that I ever did was at Amphibian Theater. So okay. it's on South Main. Um, they sent out requests for qualifications. I submitted thinking like not going to get it. Whatever. I'll just submit. And then went through the whole interview process and I realized I really vibed with you know the directors there mm-hmm. and then they accepted my designs which was a, a tessellation a geometric tessellation and that's i think about like 150 feet long how long did that take you to make oh my gosh um that took like two months because oh <laughs> i got my wisdom teeth taken out in the middle of it uh-huh. um i it just like was scheduled that way and I had dry sockets and I just could not heal. And so I couldn't take any pain medicine because I was on the lifts, on the ladders. And so it was, 
it was like and then the weather it was like october to november and mm -hmm. so the weather just like it was it was the hardest mural i've ever had but it's the most satisfying I would and you've say. done a, you've done a lot of others so hey, did you know how to do murals because going from like i'm painting a door or i'm, I'm yeah doing a, a painting on a canvas to 150 feet like you have to rent cherry lifts yes. and all like you get project like i don't even know how you yeah i mean it just depends on the design projecting is the easiest just because like you know you get it up there as opposed to like graphing or freehanding it mm -hmm. so it really just depends on the building you know if we're in a parking lot how exposed we are to the elements and then the design but that was that was half drawn and half projected okay but uh yeah that's a super satisfying one to look at and my brother's tattoo shop is across the street and so i'm just always oh, right really there. yeah which is that's that's panther city tattoo oh, that's your brother yeah no -uh. yes. oh they do really cool stuff yeah so i'm just always you like, also on have lots block. of tattoos is yes, that why you have so many <laughs> yes yes my brother joseph ayala he did my left arm he did yeah. okay can you tell me about your tattoos that was on um, my, so this my is, this is sort of that mandala yeah so my right arm is did actually, you design those well a lot of them some of the des the mandala designs I did, but a lot of them are just ancient patterns that already exist in the world. But that was also another one of his friends that sometimes work at the shop. He's in Denver now. Okay. Yeah. That's that's fun. Yes. So so part of your niche is like very, and correct me if I'm wrong, is very like precise. There's there's like a precision to it. Yeah. Wish I don't, there is was that true? <laughs> Yes. Did you learn that, or you just were always good at that, or? I don't know. I feel like that comes with the like obsessive, like I've always had this obsessive trait that I had in school where it was just always my grades had to be perfect. Everything had to be perfect. And now I kind of bring that in. So when you focus on art. something, you, yeah. So it, cause you sound very from like the, the TCU school <laughs> story to like very free spirit. Yeah. But when you hone in on something, you're like, I am. No. Yeah. I wish that I could on. just, you know, like, paint with watercolors or something that is yeah. free spirit but no i have to like concentrate i have to get it right like and so what what are you doing right now that like what well besides being here this well, is besides <laughs> being, but like yes. what, what is your like because we just talked about how you have kind of done mm -hmm. a lot of different things well for what? the past two weeks while making work for the booth mm -hmm. i have been making a my first big public work sculpture piece for arts fort worth oh you did a sculpture um, yeah had you done a sculpture before no wow <laughs> i mean i would consider like the fake cakes that i make little sculptures okay, let's talk about this so yeah, i was looking okay. at your instagram and there she has these these like cakes they look like a real cake but yeah it's a sculpture and they have like these kind of political poignant messaging mm -hmm. it's but you have them at like galleries yes uh so i guess it started with the pandemic I just wanted to make a fake cake because like I still make cakes for people like all my family's birthdays I'll make a cake and okay. they're super elaborate visual and artist and yes, cake baker yes and like it's that obsessive you know I like go all out on these cakes and then I decided like maybe I can make a fake one I started to see ways that I can make a fake one and then the pandemic hit we got the um the economic relief mm -hmm. checks which were just like I forget how much the first one was it was like this episode is sponsored by the Fort Worth Business Press. As a Fort Worth entrepreneur and small business owner, the Business Press is my favorite source for news and updates about the entrepreneurial community in and around Fort Worth. I read their email newsletter literally every day. It's always full of insights and stories that really matter. 
Are you ready to be more connected? Sign up for their free newsletter at fortworthbusinesspress.com. But if you're like me and the newsletter just isn't enough, you can become an insider. With the code STORYTELLING10, all one word, you'll get a discount on the insider membership. Insiders receive exclusive access to special content, 24 issues of the Business Press delivered to your door each year, and discounts on event registrations and more. Join me and the Fort Worth Business Press in staying up to date on the people, companies, and issues that matter most to Fort Worth. This episode is brought to you by my good friends at Visit Fort Worth. Visit Fort Worth is the official destination marketing organization of the 13 largest city, and I would say the greatest city in the United States, dedicated to promoting Fort Worth as a premier business and leisure destination with thriving centers of creativity, culture, and commerce. Visit Fort Worth is the parent organization of the Fort Worth Herd, the Fort Worth Film Commission, Fort Worth Sports Commission, Visita Fort Worth and Music Initiative here Fort Worth. They are doing a lot of amazing things. For more information on Visit Fort Worth, head over to visitfortworth.com and follow them on social at Visit Fort Worth. Are you a small business owner or an entrepreneur? Do you do marketing for a small business? If so, I have something that I want to give you and it's totally for free. We've put together a free resource at 6appstorytelling.com slash download. And it's the secrets, it's the tips, it's the tricks, it's the tools of the trade. It's literally everything we do at 6appstorytelling to help small businesses grow. Go download it today at 6appstorytelling.com slash download. 1400 or something like mm-hmm. that. And yeah, it sounds right. It's, you know, so many people lost their jobs that $1,400 was like, okay, like what's that going to do for people with families? And so, uh, also I've loved history. And so the misquote, it's not an actual quote from Marie Antoinette, but it's let them eat cake. Mm-hmm. And so I switched the cake with $1,400 as in like, it's kind of like, here, is, le, here's, let's just appease them. Yeah. These, let's put a bandaid on it. Yes. And it's just like showed that disconnect between like leadership yeah. and like people that are actually, actually struggling. That's during, interesting. Yeah. Like a revolution or a pandemic. Um, and so that just kind of took off, especially because we kept getting more relief checks that were different amounts. And so yeah. I just kept going with the different amounts, you know, and yeah, I've shown those in San Francisco. Oh, and really? Then, How, like, did someone see it and they're like, I want yeah, that? Yeah, it was the Ruka, you know, the clothing line. They have like a gallery and uh-huh. a clothing shop on hate. And someone was organizing a sign painter show. So it was like a national sign painter show. And they included me in on that, which oh, I fun. felt so lucky because I don't consider myself like a sign painter, like some of the people that were in the show. And so I sent the cakes and that's cool. Yeah. Yes. So anyway, so I, I interrupted you. So you're, you, you're, you're doing s- s- uh, the sculpture right now. Oh, yes, yes. Um, so the sculpture started, I proposed whenever Roe v. Wade was overturned, I proposed murals be painted. I offered up my services if people would offer up murals. And so that started to get uh, planned. And then Arts Fort Worth approached me and they said, hey, we have this sculpture base. If you want to make a sculpture on the same theme, go for it. You can do whatever you want. And so I had to like switch my brain from murals to whatever sculpture making is because I didn't, I still don't fun? know what that, yeah, it's been are you, fun. Are you uh, good at it? Is it going to be good? I mean, I think good so. Good is a relative term. Yeah, I know, I, I know I'm very like... excited. At this point, like the stress is pretty much 
I'm not scared anymore. I'm yeah. excited. And for it gets him. turned into bronze at some point. No, or no, like... no. It's this is like a wooden sculpture. Okay. Yeah. So I'm working with local fabricators and woodworkers in Fort Worth, um, who have been just so helpful to like switch my brain to like math, you know, and angles because it, it is like a, um, it's like a platonic solid. Uh, with like 12 sides. I do not know what that means. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so it's been very like my brain isn't used to working in the ways that this sculpture has required. So I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited to see it. Yeah. So uh, so I think one thing that's interesting about you is you, you we, and we I mentioned a few times, you've done a lot, you're doing it like, but there's not re- like, don't put you in a box. It sort of seems like. You yeah, like, there's no box. <laughs> I, there's no one box. But people like what you're doing. And so it's there's a lot of people who are like, I want to do art. I'm going to leave school. I want to do this mm-hmm. thing. And other, and, but it's a different thing when people like give you money and support you and hire you. Yeah. And you can do it as for a living. Like the amount of artists who I want to be an artist in my head to I've been doing it now for five years is a pretty is a pretty rare breed, I, I would say. Yeah. So you have to be really talented <laughs> to do that. Oh, or just crazy. <laughs> well, yeah, going for it is part of it. Mm-hmm. Have you, what have you learned about just business in that? Have you, like, do you oh consider yourself gosh. like an entrepreneur or, or a, yes, a businesswoman? Unfortunately, yeah, I never thought, I mean, no one ever told me like, hey, to be an artist, you would have to, you know, run a business. But I have learned that very fast. Luckily, I have so many business owners in my family. My dad is a okay. small business owner. My brother runs a tattoo shop. My sister-in-law everyone has businesses so i get to pick everyone's brains about everything um but for like art you know business Mm -hmm. i have to kind of learn it the hard way or just google do you have any lessons like you've learned along the way that like if you could go back to yourself five years ago um track your expenses (laughs) for your taxes (laughs) yes um but also just like imposter syndrome don't listen to it you know. talk, 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 talk to me about that. I mean, I still ha- coming here. It was imposter syndrome coming to this podcast. It was imposter syndrome. Really? Just, you feel like you're not r- yeah, real enough. To yeah. I mean, because like what it's just such a crazy thing because like at what point would at what point do I make it? And then I'm like, wait, I literally do this for a living. You got flown to <laughs> Aspen, Colorado. I know. And are being put up in a house. In the fanciest, one of the fanciest cities in America, because people love your art and want you to represent Fort Worth on behalf of Fort Worth. Like, that's pretty freaking cool. I know, I know. You feel like an imposter in that? I mean, sometimes, because sometimes it's, art is just weird, you know? It's very subjective. Yeah, like sometimes I just get nervous to make art because I'm like, it's that obsessiveness. It's like, Mm -hmm. oh, what if it's not perfect? Are you pretty self-critical? I would say, yeah, which sucks. But at the same time, I feel like most of my stuff like wouldn't be what it is if I wasn't always analyzing, mm-hmm. you know, it's probably like it, that's your superpower and probably your Achilles heel as it well. Is. It is. Yeah. Well, Sarah, you're doing great. You're supposed to be here. Yes. Thank it matters. you. Um, thank you. And the, the, the other thing too, like we talked about the business side and that that self-doubt and but also just like marketing, you have mm-hmm. to. Do you, like, what have you learned sort of about building a brand? Because oh, you have gosh. a brand, whether yeah. you like it or not. Like, yeah. Can you talk about, like, your brand, what, you know, or, or what you do or what? 
the other day someone asked me if I had a PR person and I was like no and they're like oh it looks like it and I was like wow ask my boyfriend because he's like you're always on your phone um I feel like being an artist right now on Instagram is like 10% art and 90% posting and it's just always it's how you connect with people yeah and I like hate it and I love it because most of my jobs come from Instagram but mm -hmm. I don't want to be on my phone um, but it's just a matter marketing wise of just always posting of what you're working on, which I don't like to do because I don't want to post like the sculpture. I haven't posted anything about the sculpture because of that imposter syndrome. I'm oh, nervous. Really? I don't want to post so it's it not until like, it's, it's done. It's not like a secret reveal. It's like, I just, it's not ready. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But for marketing, it's just like always posting, always reminding people, you know, which at first seems like desperate or seems like, oh, like annoying mm -hmm. you know like you're annoying people like posting stories i have this available i have this available but like not everyone watches your story so you do have to keep reposting the same things all the time because like you never know when someone's yeah. gonna watch it that actually wants to buy yeah. something or hire you and the, the people who are following you are following you because they love your stuff hopefully they like it. <laughs> yeah and so th there's also this element of like sometimes you f am i being self-promoted but like People who fought like they love it. That's they, what they're there for. That what, that's yeah. what they're there for. And it's it's the way you kind of like invite them into your story and yeah. what you're doing and, and all, all all those things. Exactly. Can you talk a little bit about just Fort Worth and being an artist in Fort Worth? Like what's that like? I mean, I know I'm like biased, but I, I mean, I'm Fort Worth is supporting me, you know, like I wouldn't have my life without Fort Worth and uh, people like Sundance Square and the people behind Sundance Square that send artists, you know, it's not just me here. There's several other artists. But there's a lot of young up and coming mm -hmm. visual artists in Fort Worth now. And, yes. and, we, and you, you went to Heights. I went to Pasco. We were Fort Worth natives. A Heights. <laughs> we were like rivals. Yeah. Um, but when we were kids or college, like Fort Worth was not a young artist city. No. And it kind of, I kind of think it, it has become that in a lot of ways. Yeah. Do you... Do you agree with that? Like, Yeah, I mean, I feel like most things to do on the weekend or at night, it's always an art show or some gallery show or something art-related. And I think that's thanks to a bunch of art collectives now. Mm -hmm. And I feel like most of those or most of those events, the collectives are organized by women artists or mm -hmm. female-identifying artists. And, I mean, I don't think that's a coincidence that, like, that there's a big it, it is, boom, yeah. you know, while it's kind of mostly women in the arts in Fort Worth right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, and is there, like, is there, is there camaraderie there? Like, is... I think so, you know, um, but... As an observer, it, it seems that way. Like, I'm not in that visual. Yeah. But it seems like there's this kind of neat camaraderie happening of people sort of highlighting each other and collaborating yeah. and I feel like it is very much like people pulling each other up as they're climbing the ladder kind mm -hmm. of situation um, a lot of people relying on each other um, getting tips from each other especially when it comes to pricing because you want to keep the market level you know you yeah. don't want someone messing up the market yeah. especially when it comes to murals undervaluing because, it yeah, yeah everyone wants the cheapest or most people want the cheapest yeah. you know option and so i think a lot of those conversations between artists need to happen i think they are happening yeah um especially thanks to places like sunnet square that uh all these artists are working together to create mm -hmm. the booth so and they've really highlighted 
they've said we want to highlight local, which is yeah. which is neat. Yes. Which is one, why why they're like we're we're going to bring an artist here, visit Fort Worth and and Simmons. We're doing yes. that is, is is really cool. Um, do you have a piece that you are like particularly proud of, like, or a, a mural or a, a piece of work where you're just like, yes, I nailed that. Yeah. Well. Or I feel just yeah, proud of it. I love. Yeah. Um, not so much I nailed that, but I kind of did nail it. Um, I got invited to a a female sign painter show in Portland, Oregon in 2020. And just being invited to show with all these, it was an international show of sign painters. So most of them were from the UK or from Australia and then America. Um, and so just being invited was crazy. And I, what was the theme? It was, um, like the anniversary of women's suffrage so Mm -hmm. women's right to vote and i created a piece for my grandmother who had come from uh guanajuato mexico Mm -hmm. in like 1919 1920 around that same time um so i kind of wanted to honor her and uh i printed a photo out painted gold leafed some lettering Mm -hmm. and then i got to show it in portland and then I gave it to my dad because she pretty much raised my dad mm. uh, while my grandfather was in the army. So that piece is like, I would say my favorite piece, especially because really I got to show it out of state as the well. Family and history kind of there. took her, I was like able to take my great grandmother to Portland and yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. And that's, that's like, there's a legacy piece to that as well. Yes. Yeah. Can, can you talk about just, just what's, what's, what's next and sort of like what you like, what, is there a goal like what what's the um so in the summers i work with a nonprofit in dallas called big thought and mm-hmm. we teach youth adjudicated youth usually youth that are exiting juvie still on probation we oh, work with cool. their probation officers wow. and so that's kind of um art therapy but also like arts as workforce training yeah. and a lot of those youth aren't exposed to art museums aren't exposed to uh creativity at all so i I only get to do that in the summer, but hopefully I would like to start going into institutions, whether uh, juvenile or adult institutions and, you know. Teaching. Yeah. Kind of going back to like. I know. I know. It's It's so, the best of both worlds. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's really neat. So I did end up teaching after all. Well, that's awesome. Yes. That's that's very cool. Well, I, I appreciate you joining us. I'm, I'm excited to see what you brought to Aspen. Yeah. And so you, if you're hearing, listening to this, you can hear the cars driving by. They're literally setting up the festival. We, I think we heard St. Paul and the Bo- Broken Bones was sound checking a little bit during our, our conversation. But I'm, I'm super excited to see your work. Uh, and you're making Fort Worth proud. Like, and, and also, I, I just think this is it's such a cool testimony to – I interview lots of different types of entrepreneurs. I'm putting you in that category. And some, Thank you. Some just, like, have a plan, have a mission. It's been written down on a piece of paper for 10 years. And other people like you, like, just have a calling in their heart and they've listened to it. And they might not have, like, everything exactly planned out. But when you're when you're talented and when you're good and when you chase that and take those risks and, and bet on yourself, like, neat yeah. things happen. So I think you're a testament to, like, follow your heart, do what you love. Thank you. So thank you for being here. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, guys. Congratulations, you made it all the way to the end. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Stories with Soul. If you enjoyed the interview and like what you heard, please help us out and share, subscribe, and like 
anywhere you listen to podcasts. When you share and subscribe, it is insanely helpful and allows us to keep producing new episodes. You can always join us directly in the studio by watching the video version on our website, sixthavstorytelling.com. Stories with Soul is brought to you by Six Ave Storytelling, an organic marketing company building standout brands on the foundation of story. You're obsessed with your business and we want to make the world obsessed with it too. Thanks for listening.